Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it. Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney Plus. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Hope you all are doing well. By the time this episode drops, yours truly will be, well, maybe I'll be on a plane when this first drops, but shortly thereafter, I will be in Cabo. I will be in Mexico, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie will be leaving the country for the first time in two years, literally. The last time I went out of the country was the January before COVID hit the US and everything went into lockdown. That was the last time I went out of the country. I actually had a total panic moment a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, trying to find my passport because I have not like held it in my hands in two years. And I've moved all over the place since then, it seems like. I went from here this is back in 2020, I guess, like early 2020, went from here back to Maryland for a few months, like trying to figure out what was going on. And then went from there on to my road trip. So moved all my stuff from New York, like all of my stuff from New York to LA after the road trip. I was there for like a year, then moved back, 
to Maryland, then moved back to New York. It was like a whole thing. So my passport went to so many different places and I couldn't find it. And so naturally I freaked out because if anyone has ever misplaced or their passport expires, like any of that stuff regarding a passport, you guys know how stressful it is to get a new one in a short amount of time. Like there are loopholes and ways you can get it in a short period of time. I did figure that out from posting it on Instagram that I was going through this issue and like someone did or many people DM me and were like, this is exactly what you have to do. You have to go to the post office, go to this and that and whatever. And I was like, this was in the midst of like the craziest work day ever. And I just like totally shut down and called my mom and my mom was like, Katie, retrace your steps. Like breathe, figure it out, remember where you had it last. And while I couldn't really do that, my my plan was through talking to my mom was to literally just like go through every bag that I own. Like every bag that a passport could have been in, I need to look through. So I did that and lo and behold, found it in the bottom of a backpack. Like when is the last time you saw me, Katie Bilotti, wearing a backpack? Like a very long time ago. It was on my road trip, I guess, when we were like hiking or something. I somehow put my passport into that bag. I guess when we were on the RV, I was storing it in there just in case we decided to cross the border. Like, I don't know what my plan was, but anyway, found the passport in the bottom of a backpack. So we are all good. Your girl is going to Mexico, Cabo to be exact, staying in a gorgeous suite with a bunch of friends. I'm going with Danielle, Brooke, Margot, Kenzie's coming. Kit, Kit is meeting us a day late. Kit Keenan is coming. We have quite the crew, okay? I hope I didn't forget anybody. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, Margot, Danielle, Brooke, me, Kit, Kenzie. Yeah, it's going to be quite the squad. We haven't really been posting about it. I don't really know why. I I feel like all of us are just so busy. We planned this trip like months ago and we're so excited about it. I just cannot wait to just be in a bathing suit and just lay. Like, you know, there's some people that go on vacation and want to do things and have excursions and all that. I feel as though the only excursions that I want to go on would be if we rented a boat, which we're planning on doing for a day, and maybe like a spa adventure. Like any adventure that is more strenuous than that, count me out. I am just like, I'm such a, a vegger. Veg, vegger, have you used that word? My mom loves using the word veg. Anyway, so I'm gonna do that on vacation. Hopefully, I'm actually really excited to, for the first time ever, put my out of office on, on my like freelance email. I feel like I've never once done that. But when I worked at L'Oreal, I used to put my out of office on all the time whenever I was like actually out of office. I was like, do not reach me because, or like you can email me, but like I will not respond until I return. Have not done that in my freelance life. And I feel like it has definitely affected me because I feel like I can never actually be off. So hopefully I can actually be off for these four days. Like it's only four days, not that long. I'll be back on Monday morning. Well, Sunday. So I'll be back ready to go Monday morning with like just life will hit me again. So anyway, excited for that. Looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, that is like the travel update. I do want to discuss my day yesterday because I feel, well, if you guys know me, you know that I get very stressed out about one specific thing and that, well, a lot of things, but (laughs) the one specific thing I want to highlight is I 
get a lot of anxiety when it comes to workout classes. Like I know I talk about how I go to the trainer all the time. Like my trainer, Jane's amazing. And I truly mean that. I tend to get stressed when it's a room full of other people that could be looking at me and I could be comparing myself to them, that whole thing. Okay. That deeply stresses me out. But Colby, my like best friend in the city, has decided to really get on me about trying this one class. Like over the past few weeks, she's like, you got to come, you got to come, you got to come. Like she believes so strongly in this one class. It's like a relatively new kind of workout class in New York. And she's like, come on, Monday night, you've nothing going on. I know for a fact you've nothing going on. Let's go. And I was like, okay, fine, Colby, let's do it. And honestly, so glad that I went with a friend because though we were not like next to each other, just the nature of the class when you sign up, they give you a spot and it's like hard to get a spot next to your friend if you don't register at the same time, if that makes sense. But anyway, we weren't next to each other, but knowing that she was there, knowing that my friend Allie was there, it was just like, it was a great energy, good vibe for me, like felt very comfortable even though I was so out of my element. But I will say also having a trainer help prepare me for the class because I knew there were certain like weightlifting things because it was 40 minutes of HIT, so high intensity interval training. Is that it? HIT? Yep. With like weights and like jumping and burpees and squats. And it was really good because it was such a dark room that you could really do whatever you want. Like if you didn't feel like going 100% on this one part of the workout because you felt like you're going to throw up or something, in my case, because I definitely am not a huge cardio girl. And this was like, you know, my heart rate was very high. Like, and I'm also in my period. And so I just felt like a little bit nauseous going into it. So anyway, 40 minutes of hit, five minutes of meditation before and after. And I honestly, guys, lived for the meditation part. I really loved the guy that taught the class, like he gave a really great little speech at the beginning and end of the class. And I really, really appreciated it. I'm really proud of myself for getting out of my comfort zone and going to a class like this because it just, it really, honestly, when I was out of the class, I just, I felt like I was on cloud nine. I felt like so pumped up with energy, you know, because of the endorphins, but also because of the fact that I faced a fear. I did something that normally on any other given day, I wouldn't have done. I had a little help from a friend, obviously, to get me to go to it. But while I was there, I was just really proud of myself for doing that, for getting out of my comfort zone that way, because I tend to avoid uncomfortable situations or like situations that have any sort of potential to be uncomfortable or to be overwhelming Because, you know, okay, we have enough stuff going on in our day-to-day, enough stressors to knowingly put another stressor into our lives, like a workout class that could stress us out. But I have always wanted to be, like I've wanted to my core, I've wanted to be one of those people that can go to a workout class and feel inspired by my surroundings because going to a trainer is great, but number one, it's expensive. Number two, it can sometimes feel a little lonely and I like want some buddies with me, you know, and I want to be able to go with my friends and then get a smoothie after and make a little adventure out of it. So I'm glad that I finally faced my fear and I went to the class. I am really sore, but that could also be because I went to that class last night at like 630 and then woke up this morning and went to my trainer. And anyway, your girl is sore, but it's great. I am really proud of myself in my fitness journey because like two years ago, even like less than that, probably one year since I started my fitness journey. But 
honestly, it's one of those things where I felt really bad at first. Like I felt hopelessly horrible at fitness. I had no idea what I was doing. I felt like an idiot. And then now, a year later, I'm feeling still slightly idiotic at times, but for the most part, I'm feeling really just proud of myself. And I've said this numerous times on the internet, life is all about finding reasons to be proud of yourself every day. It makes life a lot easier. Okay. Repeat after me. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and find one reason to be proud of ourselves. And then as we go throughout the day, just keep tacking them on. And by the end of the day, you'll see it just it gets so much easier to live and to look forward to the next day by looking forward to the things that you do that are so special that make you feel proud of yourself, even the small things, okay? Sometimes I feel proud of myself when I wake up on Sunday morning and I'm not hungover. I say sometimes because it hardly ever happens, but (laughs) I feel the most proud of myself on the weekends when I have like a morning when I wake up and I feel like a million bucks and I go for a walk and I get my coffee and I go through Soho and I'm just like, feeling good, feeling like a normal human in society. Like that is when I feel really proud of myself that on top of like when I complete jobs for clients and I get a gold star stamp of approval, like there's little things like that. But there's also like just I folded my laundry today, like little things that make you proud. That is what is most important. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, I just totally got off track. Let me circle back to where I started with that thought. Classic me, like getting off track. But so when you start something, it's going to feel sucky at first. Like most things, when you start, when you are a newbie, when you are a beginner, it kind of sucks because not only is what you're doing maybe hard and foreign, but you also are wondering about what other people think of you and are looking at you and wondering like, oh, she's a newbie. Like I think half the battle is just having other people know that you're new and like that sucks. But I want to share something. So I was walking home from my trainer the other day. I didn't even remember that it was my trainer that, yeah, it's kind of convenient in this thought, but I was walking home. I was walking through Soho. I always pass this one karate studio. It's kind of randomly placed. It's like in the middle. It's huge. It's like in the middle of Soho, just like a karate studio. And I walked by and they had this new sign I like have memorized all the signs on the way home from my, you know, my trainer because I walk the same route like every single day, four days a week. And I noticed they had a new sign up and it said, a black belt is a white belt that refused to give up. And that phrase, everyone, really, I stopped. I took a picture of it. I reveled in it for a moment. I really let it sink in. I was like, wow, that is the most simple, like cheesy little phrase, maybe not cheesy, but it like could be cheesy to some people. And I was just like shook by it. It reached out and it grabbed me pretty much because the person that's gotten to the end of that and gotten their black belt was once a white belt. Okay. And you can think about it in many different ways. The person that has a million followers on TikTok once was a person that just created their account, like had to come up with a password with special characters. Like everyone starts 
And then not everyone gets to maybe like a point of, quote, success, whatever that looks like. It's different for everybody. It's different for every platform, for every concept of of living. But, you know, a black belt is a white belt that never gave up. Like, what am I in my life? What, what are certain things that I've done where I could have been a black belt if I didn't give up? Well, <laughs> a lot of things because um, I've given up on a lot of things in my life. But you know, I've also persevered with a lot of things. I don't want to be down on myself because obviously I have achieved a lot of success in a lot of different ways and I'm proud of myself for that. But I definitely have given up on some things. I've given up on some people that could have been, I don't know, like my husband if I really, but like maybe it wasn't right. Like some of the things that could get you to black belt status aren't right for you. So you don't need to force yourself to do those things if you are a white belt trying to be a black belt in that regard. But you know the things that I'm talking about where it's like, if I would have just, like, I should just stick with this because I, you know, everyone does start at this place. Like the major superstar karate people out there started as a white belt. They couldn't even break a block of wood. That's like what I think of when I think of karate. But isn't that just like profound? So me with my workout classes that I am terrified of, but pushed myself to do one last night, I definitely will say like it wasn't sunshines and rainbows. It was really great and I was proud of myself, but I definitely had moments where I was like, oh my God, she's looking at me over. Oh my God, that guy's looking at me like, oh my God, you know, kind of in my head about it, stressed out about it. But I know with time, if I go to a bunch of these classes, I could end up being one of those girls that just walks in and lets her mind wander and feels so confident because she knows what's going on. She doesn't care if anyone's looking at her because she's been around the block. Like I could be that girl if I just stick with it. And so I hope that this white belt will become a black belt in this thing that scares me because that is the best feeling ever to take something on head on that scares the shit out of you and just see it through do this thing, even though it might be a little bit out of your scope or a little bit out of your comfort zone, doing that thing, running with it, telling that thing to its face, I am not giving up. You are not going to make a fool out of me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to feel hella uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it and see it through because imagine the view from the top. Imagine. Anyway, that actually perfectly segues us into this story that I have for you guys today. And it is a story about a woman perfect for International Women's Month. It's about a woman and you will truly not believe this story. You will not believe it because you definitely know this person that I'm going to be talking about today or you might. Hopefully you do. If you know me, you know her sort of thing, (laughs) but you're not going to believe this story. So let's just get into it. I'm going to start out by posing a question and maybe by the end of this question, you will know who I'm talking about. Maybe not. It's kind of like a little game. So here we go. How did a girl who grew up in a small town in Ohio, go from living on welfare and not being able to afford school lunch to becoming one of the most recognizable household names in television history. From welfare checks to a net worth of $150 million today, how did she do it? Today, I'll be sharing with you guys a very unexpected tale, at least from my perspective, because this woman has been my idol for as long as I've been able to watch curse words be said on television, and I had zero clue the full extent of what she has gone through, what she has worked through, what she has persevered through to get where she is today. This woman is a black belt, but was once a white belt, but just never gave up. She was a white belt that never gave up. We love this analogy. I'm going to keep it going. Before she wore the Manolos, she wore hand-me-downs. 
This is the true story of Sarah Jessica Parker and how she became the infamous Carrie Bradshaw. And a little side note, I will say, as I was researching this episode last night, I was watching How I Met Your Father on Hulu in the background. And I was just, you know, I kind of have it on in the background sometimes. I just can't get into the show fully, to be honest with you. So I had it on and wasn't really fully paying attention to what was being said until I heard Carrie Bradshaw be said on the TV, like literally heard them say Carrie Bradshaw and Cosmopolitans in the same sentence. And my head whipped up and I was like, wow, this is just, it's just one of those, those moments where like, you're, what you're doing and what's like around you is colliding in a way that just like feels so coincidental, but like, or non-coincidental, but it is coincidental, you know? Anyway, so let's get into this story. Sarah Jessica and the character that she brought to life, Carrie Bradshaw, are now household names, but she has not always been this way. Quite the opposite, actually. She hasn't always been this glittering light of a star walking down the streets of the West Village and I still haven't seen her out in the city and I'm very upset about it, but our story does not begin in New York City, home to over 8 million people, including myself. Our story starts in Ohio, in a town of roughly 5,000 people. Sarah Jessica Parker was born in Nelsonville, Ohio on March 25th, 1965. Her mother, Barbara, was a nursery school operator and teacher, and her father, Stephen, was an entrepreneur and journalist. After her parents divorced when she was about three and a half years old, Sarah Jessica was raised by her mother and her often out-of-work stepfather, Paul, who was a truck driver and account executive. Her father, Stephen, was way out of the picture. He booked it to Philly after the divorce, and we hate him. Goodbye, Stephen. I don't even know what he's up to. I didn't even look into him because I was like, how dare you abandon Sarah Jessica? You know, just not cool. Anyway, so Paul and Barbara... Sarah Jessica's parents, well, by default, because Barbara was her real mom, Paul was her stepfather. They ended up having more kids together. So in total, Sarah Jessica has three full siblings and four half-siblings, bringing the grand total of the family to 10 when she was growing up. And her parents struggled to support this huge family. Sometimes electricity would shut off or the family would have to skip Christmas and birthdays because they just did not have enough money to go around to celebrate these things. All this considered, though, Sarah Jessica has said in interviews that she wouldn't change any of it. She said, for the most part, we had everything we needed. Not always, but for the most part, which is shocking to me. I don't know why I just like could not picture Sarah Jessica Parker as a child in a struggling home. I just like could not picture it. And I didn't think that it was a thing until I started reading about her. And I'm like, holy crap, this is something. Anyway, so Barbara, Sarah Jessica's mother, she was a rock star. She is just the light of this world. She made sure that all the kids could follow their passions in the arts. That was like at the forefront of her mind. She immersed her children in culture, extracurriculars. You know, she took the kids to free public ballets and theater shows in Cincinnati so they could live these full, rich lives, even though she couldn't afford to give them everything that they wanted, you know? Sarah Jessica's mom encouraged the kids to pursue their love of acting even though the money was tight and she couldn't afford acting and singing lessons, which the kids needed, but that didn't stop Barbara from figuring out a way to get them anyway. Instead of paying, she would barter for them. 
aka cleaning the studios where the lessons were held so Sarah Jessica could study there for free. Like this actually made me want to cry thinking of the love that this woman had for her kids. So much love that she would just go and clean the studios so her kids could get acting and singing lessons. Like that's just, that is love right there. Anyway, so all of this work on Barbara's end, on Sarah Jessica's end, because obviously she was skipping a lot of the normal young person things to do to practice her acting and her singing and everything. So all of this work ended up paying off in small ways at first and then huge ways. Sarah Jessica became the breadwinner of her family at age 11 when she made her Broadway debut in the 1976 revival of The Innocents. So to support Sarah Jessica and her other siblings who had interest in theater, her family moved to New Jersey. So they left Ohio, went to Jersey, and with four of her eight siblings, Sarah Jessica ended up touring for the next few years with The Sound of Music. Then she landed the starring role in Annie when she was 13. So Sarah Jessica was busy, even from a young age. Like, it just seems like she has done so much throughout her life, and it started young. So she actually told the New York Times in 1983 that the, quote, biggest regret of her young life was that she missed her high school senior prom. And she had missed prom because she was in Utah at the time making what was Then, the soon-to-be-released film Footloose, and she said she was very upset about it. So just one year after she gave that quote to the New York Times in 1984, she went on to date Robert Downey Jr., which I always forget about. She was 18 at the time. They met on the set of the 1984 film Firstborn. So they were both just 18 years old, and just eight weeks after they started dating, they moved in together. Ultimately, they ended up splitting in 1991, so just eight years, well, that's a long time, eight years after they started dating because of Robert's addiction. He told Parade Magazine back in 2008, he said, I like to drink, and I had a drug problem, and that didn't jibe with Sarah Jessica because it was the furthest thing from what she is. She provided me a home and understanding. She tried to help me. She was so miffed when I didn't get my act together. I was in love with Sarah Jessica and love clearly was not enough. And on her end, she told People in 2018 that there was a huge amount of time spent making sure Robert was okay. And she said, at a certain point, I had the courage to say, I'm going to walk away and I'm just going to pray that you don't die, which is just tragic. So she was 18 years old when she started that relationship. And in 1991, that relationship ended. And that same year, Sarah Jessica met a different man who ended up being the man. I just got goosebumps when I said that. Like anyone else? Like the same year that, you know, could have been the the worst year of her life because she ended this one relationship. She met this amazing person that ended up being her everything. So in November of 1991, she met Matthew Broderick, who you might also refer to as Ferris Bueller. And I just, I love a good how did they meet story. So let's do it. Okay. Turns out Sarah Jessica met Matthew through her brothers, Toby and Pippin Parkin. 
Say that five times fast. Her brothers are actually, they're co-founders of the Naked Angels Theater Company. And at the time, so back in 91, Matthew had directed a play there. So they were familiar with him. They were buddies with him, chummy. And Sarah Jessica, as we know, also had interest in Broadway. So her brothers ended up matchmaking, introducing her to Matthew. And flash forward 30 years later, they have three kids together. James, Tabitha, and Marion. And right now they're actually starring in a Broadway revival play together called Plaza Suite, which I really want to go see. I've heard great things. So, okay, as we know, Sarah Jessica's major career success came years later in 1998 when she was in her 30s. Okay, we always forget she was in her 30s when she accepted the role of Carrie Bradshaw. Many other actresses had turned down the role, some because of the word sex in the title of the show. But Sarah Jessica said yes, a little hesitantly. She did say yes, but there are some caveats. Like there are some things that I must say that I cannot do. Like I will not be naked on camera, things like that. And actually after the pilot was picked up, she almost bailed on the show completely. She met with her agents in LA and told them that she had these worries, that the show would hold her hostage to a commitment and... It's really interesting that she said that because obviously now it was such a huge role for her. But at the time, she was worried about the commitment. You know, after all, she had performed in many shows and movies before this role, like Square Pegs, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Footloose, etc. But this was a longer term role. And it would obviously go on to being the role for her, but she didn't know it at the time. She just saw it as a a huge commitment, as something that she had never done before, something slightly scary because sex is in the title of it. But luckily for her, and I guess for all of us as well, because I can't imagine someone else playing Carrie, with Sarah Jessica starring as Carrie, Sex and the City won seven of its 54, 54, that's crazy, Emmy Award nominations, eight of its 24 Golden Globe nominations, and three of its 11 SAG Award nominations. Like, that's insane. This was the role that would set everything in motion for Sarah Jessica. Like, obviously, other roles came before and others would follow this one, but this was the role that transformed how Hollywood saw her, how we saw her. And it's actually quite remarkable because the way that Carrie is portrayed on screen in Sex and the City, sometimes as the worst person ever, like the character with the least character development in the series. I get so mad at her. You know, like as I've grown up, I've begun to realize how flawed Carrie was in that original series, as many of us have. But Sarah Jessica IRL is nothing like Carrie. Despite this being the role that really kicked things into high gear for her, you know, she's apparently not like this at all. Like in Vogue's recent article about and just like that the premiere they did a full feature on sarah jessica it was a really great piece i'm gonna have it linked in the show notes if you guys want to read it because it was really great but it said that she's actually really sincerely gracious and andy cohen one of her nearest and dearest friends said that sarah is one of those people who never forgets anyone and cynthia nixon aka miranda in the series said that sarah has a million obligations personal and professional and she gets an a plus on all of them Carrie doesn't have a lot of responsibilities, and she doesn't always make the best decisions. When we're shooting a restaurant scene, Sarah won't order a salad or a steak. She'll be like, too sensible for Carrie. She'll order escargot instead. Like, I thought that quote, honestly, just like needed to be in here because like, it's just so funny. Like, obviously, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing how Carrie was just so 
I mean, relatable in some ways, but also so unrelatable in other ways. And just so you just want to reach through the screen when you get to a certain age and be like, Carrie, what the hell? Like, don't buy another pair of shoes. Figure your life out. Right. Anyway. So (laughs) Sarah Jessica IRL is nothing like Carrie. She's a smart cookie. She's gone on to create her own shoe label, her own wine brand, her own production company called Pretty Matches, which has been creating content for HBO and other channels since 2009. So she's been doing so much. And honestly, okay, Sarah Jessica Parker is that black belt, but she has not always been that way. She was that white belt, that girl growing up on welfare checks and having to have her mom barter and clean the studios to get her in to try her hand at acting. Like she started out like that, but she persisted. The people around her loved her and persisted on her behalf. Her brothers introduced her to the love of her life. Like people, I mean, it's about who you surround yourself with. It's about having that strong bond with those you surround yourself with, but also like being that powerhouse yourself, like being strong-willed and knowing what you want. And Sarah Jessica, clearly she has done so, so much. And the fact that she was in her 30s when she landed this huge role, I mean, obviously Carrie Bradshaw was meant to be in her 30s or 40s, so it makes sense. But the fact that this was like her, I mean, she was famous before, but this was like her huge breakout role that now all of us think of her as happened in her 30s. It gives me a bit of hope because I feel like a lot of times, you know, I'm 26 now turning 27 this year. I feel like once I turn 30, like, is my life over? Like, what does that mean? Like, am I supposed to accomplish so, so many things by 30 or they don't count anymore? Like, because of Forbes 30 under 30, you need to do all this by 30 or it doesn't count. Like, it's not as special, not as remarkable. I don't know. It's just one of those things to think about. So, I want to read this last little bit before I close this episode. There was this article that I'll link. um, It was interviewing Barbara, so Sarah Jessica's mom, who we love, rock star, amazing woman. So the article said, how does Miss Parker's mother, so Sarah Jessica's mother, feel about her daughter's decision to act full-time and not go to college, at least not this year? So Barbara said that she was ambivalent. She wonders whether Sarah has missed out on normalcy. For her part, Sarah Jessica said that after Annie, she was all prepared to be normal. (laughs) She was all prepared to be normal, guys. Like she really thought, okay, Annie, let's just do that. And then let's just go back to normalcy. She said, now I help my mother drive the carpool and pick up my brothers and sisters. She said, the always on the move family has two cars and a 15 passenger van. Oh, sweet, sweet white belt, Sarah Jessica, way back in the day. Just wild. She really thought that she could go from Annie to being normal again. I mean, granted, I do feel like she lives a pretty normal life. Like we don't hear too much about her personal life. She really has stayed out of the limelight in that regard. Like we don't know much about her family life. We don't know much about anything that she doesn't want to tell us. Like she's very tight-lipped about things, which I really appreciate. As a celebrity, she's not very showy. Like she works at her store, like her shoe store here in the city. I know that she goes in all the time to like help people find shoes. Like I just, I'm dying to meet this woman. I saw her in passing at the Golden Globes in 2017 when I was there with uh, L'Oreal at the time. Like I saw her, it was that year that she had like was, had this crown on. It was like a huge bejeweled outfit. I remember her being much shorter in person than I remembered. Like she was like five, two, like very small, but mighty. And like people were like chasing her around, like celebrities wanted just like five seconds with Sarah Jessica Parker. And yeah, she's an inspiration. I love reading this story 
a true like rags to riches, but in the best possible way because she has still kept her humanity intact and she is one of those people that is aspirational truly. And it doesn't seem like one of those fluke scenarios. Like she really did work hard. And if you watch her earlier stuff, if you watch her in Footloose and those older productions, like you'll see that she's always had this talent. Like I remember watching Girls Want to Have Fun and that's a good one. That one you can really see. Like she, she puts her all into every performance. I really just... I admire her so, so much. I'm glad that we were able to talk about her this week during this uh, International Women's Month. It's great to hear these stories, and I hope that this just manifests me running into Sarah Jessica on the street because it's bound to happen one of these days. I am like always dangerously close to where Dumois says she is, so I would like to run into her someday soon. So anyway, Sarah Jessica, if you're listening Hi, I'm your biggest fan, (laughs) and I love your story. Okay, that's all. I'm going to go before I say anything embarrassing. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. I will talk to you all next Thursday. Bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.